Okay. So I have the, I get to introduce this speaker. Um, oh, I don't get to yet. Before we introduce our speaker, we would like to remind you that all speakers share their own experience, strength, and hope. They do not speak for the convention. Region to an ovary anonymous as a whole. And they don't let me say anything about her, even though I know her really well, and I'm really happy she's here. Without any further delay, please help me in welcoming our speaker this morning, Maura from Sacramento. Can I, can I leave this up here? Because last night I forgot to get it when I took it down. Hi, I'm Mara. I'm a compulsive overeater. Am I too loud? Okay. How's everybody? <laughs> I cannot believe I'm here speaking in front of this many people. If you told me I was going to do this when I first came into OA, I totally would not have stayed. <laughs> Obviously, God is very smart. Um, First, I'm going to give you some numbers. Um, I came into OA on Valentine's Day 13 years ago. It was the best form of love I could have shown myself. Um, I'm 90 pounds down from my highest weight-ish. I don't weigh myself. That's one of my things I can't do. Um, I've been abstaining from sugar consistently for about seven to eight years. I kind of quit counting. I'm not one of those I'm going to start over type of people anymore. That's why I always take my yearly chip of when I came in because no matter what, I've always been in recovery. Um, I have had a couple of relapses, um, but I really feel like I got through those quicker because of the... um, love and tolerance that I showed myself and my, t- my sponsors showed me to do. Um, I've been through the steps many times. Um, I've always had a sponsor. Um, I've almost always been a sponsor. I've a, I have taken a couple of breaks here and there. Um, I'm a big believer, I heard this yesterday, that abstinence is not a measure of um, my recovery. Um, I feel like once we walk in these doors, we really are in recovery, even if it looks really messy, Um, because mine has been pretty messy. Um, So growing up, I come from an alcoholic father and a compulsive overeater mother, and my dad was like a serious drunk. Um, I have a lot of memories of him beating my brother at night. I could hear it going on at the other end of the house. Um, just always kind of afraid in my own house. Um, and the only thing that I really, really liked was food. It always helped me through everything. I would do anything to get it. I stole from my friends. I stole from my mother who would have beaten the crap out of me if she found out I was stealing it from her. But I didn't care. I needed it. I needed it. Um, when I was eight years old, my father killed himself. And that was probably the first time I realized that I needed to um, find a higher power because the church that we were in, they several people were saying he was going to hell because he committed suicide. And I just remember thinking that can't possibly be true because I guess I always knew that he just suffered. And um, I never really... I don't know. I I never really hated him for it. Never. Um, 
after that, uh, my mom became very abusive and very mentally more than anything. Like she, she just loved to say awful things to my sister and I about how um, my sister showed the weight more than I did for some reason, and just loved to tell her about how she needed to suck in her gut and lose a few pounds and not eat so much. And when I started showing my weight in junior high, I took those things on as well. Um, I went to school almost every day crying because she loved to tell me about what a whore I was and what a terrible person I was. And I do always remember thinking that that can't be true because I felt like inside of me I wasn't a bad person. And I don't know where I got that from because it's not like anybody around me was telling me so. But I really did always feel like that couldn't be true because I felt like I was always a nice person. Um, By the time I was in high school, things got really bad between my mom and I, and I um, got kicked out of the house. I kind of asked for it probably because I got really rebellious, and I got lucky. I um, landed with a friend's um, parents. They said, come on, live with us, and I loved them right away, and they loved me right away, and it was the most transformative couple years moving in with them because they showed me respect, and they loved me. It was so bizarre. Like, they bought me a car and helped me learn how to drive. I was 18 because that wasn't something I was going to get from my real mom. Um, and they just, it kind of turned my world upside down because then soon after that, I met who my husband, who I'm married to now, and he was sweet and kind and loving and respectful. And I just remember it threw me into a depression. I... And this whole time, I'm using food. Once I got became 18, I'm using other things because I am multiply addicted. I just, I always, I don't know. It made me turn more towards food, I guess I should say. Um, I had already been on mm, plenty of diets because I was really good at losing weight, <laughs> but even better at gaining it. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm just a really good dieter, and um, I, I just always needed food. I have, there were nights where I was laying on the sofa, like, wanting there to be more room in my stomach so I could eat more food, and I just, I needed that, and it only helped for a little while. That was the dumbest thing about it, is this really is the hardest addiction to kick, because it's just so many gray lines. I don't really know what is, I don't know, something that I could eat yesterday, all of a sudden I can't eat anymore, and it's I'm binging on it. It just, it's a tough one. Um, so I spent a few years in depressions, um, trying to figure out who I was, trying to find a higher power. Um, and the whole while, my husband stuck with me and just loved me through everything. And my parents loved me through everything. Um, I totally quit having a relationship with my biological mom. We did try to get back together for a while, but it, it didn't work out. And she, she dumped me again, basically. <laughs> I've done a lot of work on here her. And I do, I think, many blessings towards her and I don't really honestly don't have any resentments towards her at all because I do truly know that she did the best that she could and she was raised much harsher than she ever raised me um so I finally got to the point where the pain ways weren't working I had my son um and about a year later I had almost lost all the weight and then I don't know what happened I lost it I could not control my food anymore and I just the pain ways weren't working nothing was working anymore and um 
at one of the pain ways, someone had said, oh, where's so-and-so? And they're like, oh, she went to OA. And I remember thinking, wow, she's crazy. <laughs> like, she must really have a problem. Okay, so fast forward a year later, and I'm asking my friend, like, you, you got to look up this thing, Overeaters Anonymous. And she's like, oh, yeah, 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 there's these questions. Here, let's do them. I passed that test with flying colors. <laughs> I went to my first meeting on Valentine's Day, like I said, and I, oh my God, I was so happy because there was a name for what I had, there were other people that had it, um, and there was something I could do about it. Luckily, I didn't come in with the problem with God because I was totally there with that, the HP thing, totally down with, um, but I was a little frightened of the no cake for the rest of my life. <laughs> My sponsor said, just for today. <laughs> and that really helped. And I got serious about program. I went through the steps within a few months, worked really, really hard, and I had the best pink cloud. Oh, my God, it was wonderful. Um, I will say after that, after I fell off my pink cloud, I went into my first um, major relapse, gained all my weight back. Um, and Okay, but I did one thing right. I kept coming back. That was that was the one thing. I don't know I don't know what it is, but everything else in my life I've always quit. I mean, if it's hard, I don't want to do it. If it is going to um if I really have to work at it, I don't I don't have the time for it, but always just always been different. I just feel like you know, it also helped that I had a kid. I didn't want to pass this on. I didn't want to be my mother. That was never going to happen, honestly. But I didn't want to eat like that. I didn't want to be not present. Um, I can't be present when I'm eating. Um, I didn't want to be the mother that he was going to be embarrassed about. Um, so I did, like I said, I went through a relapse. I probably have gone through another one. I work this program completely imperfectly. I always have. I um, I just I do the best that I can. I keep coming to meetings. I use all my tools. When I um, struggle, I know what I need to do. They've got tools. I've got steps. I know what to do. I know when to come to meetings. I know to speak to people and let other people know that I need help. Um, I've just I don't know. It's hard. Like I said, sometimes. Things can be going along so well, and then, you know, one emotion can come up. And if I'm not sticking to writing about my stuff every day, it can kind of get in me. And I can, before you know it, I'm eating again, and I'm hitting the rails. I call it hitting the rails because it's never been perfect. I know some people can come in and get that perfect abstinence and just fly on through. There's maybe two in program. <laughs> But for me, I just think people need to know that it's it's not perfect. I mean, I've messed around with 20 pounds here and there just because that's what happens. And I need to just keep coming to program and keep um, taking away that level of the onion and getting to the deeper layers. Um, I've been in program. I'm a 13-year-old, basically. And um, I have a new sponsor, and she's completely from God, because she's reminding me that, you know, we're adolescents in program at this age, and I do feel like I get a little bit rebellious and, and um, petulant, and like, holy crap, this is going to be my life, like, 
I'm here. I belong here. Every time I think I don't belong here, I get my butt kicked by this disease that's so strong in me. And I just know that this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, you guys are my people. You guys are my family. Um, even my husband will be like, oh, are you going to go to a meeting? You know, if I spend too much time away. Um, I do the speaking thing sometimes. And I'm not kidding. I never would have spoken in front of this many people ever. Like, the fact that I'm doing this is so God. And the way that he made me, like, good at speaking it just it's really weird because it's not my thing like I never thought it was my thing obviously it is but it's just so interesting these ideas that higher power has you know put in my head that I need to be doing all these things that are uncomfortable you know it's just that's life that's recovery everything's uncomfortable and I just need to grow every day and this is the way I'm going to do it I mean I love to talk about the tools um I love I love all the tools. I actually use every single one of the tools. Um, I used to not like writing. I do writing every single day now. Um, I get up really early in the morning just so I can have that time with my higher power because once the kids get up, you know, I'm not going to get around to it. Um, but I love to just write. Um, my new sponsor has me writing on a few questions added to my tenth that are really good questions. They're, they're like, what do you wish was true? What do you wish was not true? What are you scared is true? Um, usually they're pretty surface things, but there have been a few things that I've really gotten to dig a little bit deeper at. I also realized recently that um, I was kind of, I didn't realize it until she said it, but I was kind of falling out of love with program. And there's no really real reason why, but I needed to fall back in love. So one of my writing prompts was to write about what that looks like. And... I was doing a lot of writing about how, you know, it looks like doing more service. I picked up a new sponsee. Like, God was like, well, here. And, you know, with this new sponsee, I'm getting to see just new stuff in program. I hear myself saying things that um, I need to hear, right? Um, I just, it makes me feel really good about myself to be of service because I'm always of service to my kids and their school and stuff like that. But it, I'd kind of gotten away from as much service in program. And that was one of the things that I needed to do was get more active. And I was just texting the other day. I don't know how it happened, but I'm back in love with program again. Um, and that's like a total blessing because if I don't love it, I'm not going to do it. Just like my food plan. If I don't love my food plan, I'm not going to do it every single day. I, um, I I just need to f- find a way to enjoy it. That's that's really what it comes down to. Um, I have my plan of action that I stick to. I don't necessarily um, commit it to anybody, but one of my plans is I, I do need exercise in the morning along with my writing and my prayer and my meditation. My last sponsor got me into meditation, and she was the first person to tell me, just do a couple of minutes. Like I always thought you had to do 30 minutes or 60 minutes, and this squirrel brain, oh my gosh, no. And so now I do six minutes every single day, and it it works for me. Now, I hopefully I'll add more to it. I don't know, but I'm willing to do six minutes, and it really has made a difference for me. Um, I phone people. I text. I'm a big texter. I love to text people in program, and, and that's one of the things that gets me out of the food sometimes, simply just texting. I hate that I'm done eating. Like, I hate that food is done for the day. Or I'm not going to eat this one thing where I'm going. I love to bookend meals when I'm going out because I'm not the most social person. I don't like to go to parties or do things like that. But when I have to, 
oh boy, I have to, I have to be vigilant about texting before and after. Um, I, I feel like this is the softer, easier way. Eating was not. Eating was terrible. Eating was, like I said, just laying on the sofa, completely zoned out, isolated, um, wishing I could throw up because I couldn't. Um, just having to wait for it to all pass so I could eat more, and it was it was a lonely life. Um, some of the things that I um, have learned in program are doing the yucky stuff first. Um, I just if I don't do those things that I don't like doing, I I can't build up that self esteem. I can't enjoy um, the good things as much anymore. So so I do tend to push myself. I hear myself saying that to my kids a lot. Like you got to do things you don't like to do. You got to do the things that you're you're not comfortable doing because that's what's going to make you happy. That's what's going to um, that's what what's going to make you appreciate all the good stuff in life. So another thing. I mean, without 12 steps, I don't know. My kids, they, I don't know. They think, I think they need to teach a class or something in, in high school. You have to pass a 12-step class, right? <laughs> I know. So <laughs> my kids are getting it, though. I will say that. Um, let's see. Okay, so I, I read in Voices, um, page 129 recently, no matter how much better I look, act, and feel, God must always be in charge of my life. Because I have tended in the past to start feeling good and everything's going good in Marland, and then I forget. I don't pay attention to the signs, and I don't do the things that I'm supposed to be doing, and before you know it, I'm eating again or doing something self-destructive because it's not like I just turn to food. I do turn to shopping. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. And um, I can work the steps or the disease is going to work me. I know my disease is waiting for me, waiting for me to screw up, waiting for me to not pay attention. I need to constantly be doing something. Like, I can't stay clean on yesterday's shower. I mean, I love that. I totally understand that saying. If I'm not doing something program-related every day, I'm in trouble. And I never regret abstaining, but I will always regret overeating. And I've told myself that before. I know someone else was saying yesterday that they go to bed really early sometimes. I do that. <laughs> because once the food is done and the evening is over, sometimes if I stay up too late, I'm just going to get in trouble. So I'll just go to bed, brush my teeth, and go to bed. But I just, I don't know. I'm willing to do anything. And that is one of the core things, too, I feel like. I have to really want this. And I do. Therefore, I'm willing to do anything to have my abstinence, to have my program. I have to want this, and I really, really do. I'm willing to do anything. Um, <laughs> I really qualify for this one. We will no longer do what we feel like doing or what we think we can get away with. My first few years in program, I was trying to get away with stuff, like the sugar-free thing, right? Uh, that, yeah, that... I don't know. I It was like I was doing a lot of Mara's will instead of God's will in the beginning. Um, and that's just kind of how I run. You know, if I can find an easier way to do something, I'm going to look for it. And it took me a long time to realize that it's I really just have to put in the work. And I think that is also just a sign of maturity, putting in the work that needs to be done um, to do better, and I, I'm completely willing to do that. Um, I'm also aware that I have to 
check in with God every day. I like to invite him with me places. Um, I'm also aware that God speaks to me through my heart. If it's coming from my head, I got to check it because it's probably not from my higher power. Um, That's also why meditation helps. Meditation has gotten me to pay attention to what my mind is thinking. So if my mind is thinking something crummy, I'm pretty quickly aware of it. And, you know, we've got the tools. I can call somebody and I can talk to somebody about it. I can write about it um, and get it out of my head and stop letting it run, you know, like a squirrel inside my brain because I... My brain's crazy. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I can also get compulsive about anything. Like I said, I, I do like shopping. I have to be really careful about that. Um, I just do tend to get compulsive about you know thinking just different thoughts. If I get worried about something, I can find it really, really spinning, and that's when I really do have to write it down and get rid of it. I have to you know, call my sponsor or call my friends. Um, I don't just always go to my sponsor. I've got like a tribe. I always call it my tribe, people around me that I like to check in with, um, lots of people that I text with. Um, because then I can always think, okay, well, this is, you know, kid related. I need to talk to somebody that's got kids. Thank you. I need to talk to somebody, you know, that, um, Okay, so my parents that um, took me in, we, we've been together for like 27 years, something like that, since I was 18, and um, my dad got really sick, and he had to go on hospice, and it was a really challenging time for my mom and us, and they were down in the Bay Area, so it got to the point where my husband and I, and the kids were driving down every single weekend, and it was the service that we needed to do with our lives, and it was really challenging. And um, one day, my mom asked me, my mom and my dad, and they said, "Hey, so, how about we adopt you?" <laughs> and it was like it was so beautiful and perfect. Um, I mean, we'd always just—they'd been my foster parents, you know, not legally or nothing. But it was like all of a sudden, it was like, you know what? Let's make this real. So, at 43 years old, I was adopted. <laughs> yeah. It was perfect. The judge was kind of looking at us like, normally I'd be talking to the parents, but I'm talking to you. This is real. This is, you know, this is responsibility right here because my um, dad died uh, probably like six months after that, something like that. And it was, he just always told me I was his daughter. And I just, I'm really, I'm really lucky to have them. My mom moved up here recently and now she's really close to us and I get to spend more time with her. And that is truly God program, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's, it's been the best thing ever in my life. And I really don't think I would have had that without program because I would have been in the food or I would have been still killing myself at that slow death of food. Um, I don't know. God's will is usually reasonable, doable, and best for all involved. Right? He's always got the right thing in mind. He knows what's gonna, what needs to happen. Um, <clears throat> oh, man. Let's see what else I got here. Um, let's see. Oh, man. Okay, so the other thing. Um, I guess right now, trying to fall back in love with program, um, I'm also learning that I need to um, get really into work. And um, I'm an, an aide. I work at my kids' school, and I'm trying to work summer school right now, and I'm just trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. And I'm not exactly sure ever you know, where I'm going because I've never had a career or anything. And right now um, I'm working as an aide and I'm working with my teacher and I'm 
finding that I'm kind of falling in love with working with children. <laughs> and um, I, I don't know. I just, it's hard because I've got these kids and my kid's becoming a teenager and he's going off to high school and I have to start letting go a little bit, but I want to control. So I'm trying to, you know, curb my desire to mother, you know, and maybe do it more as like a teacher or, you know, spend time with other children because my son doesn't need me as much anymore. And that's, it's like wonderful because I've done my job, right? And it's terrible because I'm having to let go of him. I still my daughter. She still likes me. So, <laughs> so that's kind of cool. I saw my daughter. Um, but I, you know, he did give me permission recently that I could go work or volunteer a little tiny bit at his high school. I asked permission. That's cool, right? Yeah. No, he said I could, and I'll do it in the library, so I'll never see him anyways. <laughs> Um, but, you know, just all the everyday life things that I have to go through, I just, I can't, I couldn't have done them without the program and, and without realizing that I need to get out of myself um, because I am truly a, um, oh, I'm really, I just, I'm really selfish. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's kind of a thing with addicts. We're selfish. I don't really know. Um, I'm very selfish. And, when it comes to my kids, I've, I've had to learn to not be selfish and to um, learn things that I wasn't necessarily that good at. And like being an aide at school, like I have to help people with like math and stuff like that. Um, it's really hard. Um, I'm just so thankful for the program and the literature as well because the literature has taught me I don't know, all the steps and stuff and how to, like, forgive and how to make amends to people and um, how to just be a better person in my life. And I need to be um, working towards that every single day. And if I'm not coming to program and working on that, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to be okay. <laughs> um, let's see, I guess... Okay, and then the, the way I sponsor, I like to sponsor by um, just basically, I guess I'm just kind of the guide, like the coach. And um, I like to sponsor, like people, it's your program. You know, if you need a sponsor and you need someone to guide you, you can have someone guide you. And that's kind of just our job. Like if it's something that I can't help you with, I can tell you there's somebody else I don't share that experience it's not my job to tell you what to eat uh, it's not my job to you know tell you what to do with your life or anything like that um, but I have noticed that as a sponsor I feel like I'm like a cheerleader and I've noticed that my sponsors have always kind of been like like that for me like I call my sponsor complaining about a situation that I'm in and they'll be like oh but wait look at this look you did this correctly and you did this really well and you know and they're it's kind of their job to be pointing out things that um, I did right and I feel like that's a really important thing for um, sponsors to remember you know for me anyways that it, it's not my job to be telling you what to do and when to do it and um, I, I, I think once upon a time I did probably have that you know a little bit you know thinking I had to do that and I think that's what scared me the most about sponsoring back you know when I first started was that I was going to have to tell you what to do and where to do it you know and that's just that's not the job of a sponsor it's just to share my experience strength and hope 
and help you um, understand things and maybe explain um, the traditions and you know so you can understand that um, it's more about the message and not the messenger here in OA. You know, I was kind of nervous about repeating a couple of things that I heard at convention, but it's not like that person made it up. You know, <laughs> we all are, we all just spread the word and it's not like we ever tell anybody else where, you know, we heard it or who said it. We're just passing along a message to the next person. And um, I don't, I don't know where I'd be without OA. It's, it saved my life. It saved my children's lives for sure. And it's made my marriage really, really beautiful because um, it, it helps me interact in, a, in an adult and um, mature way. And um, it's just basically saved my life. And I just can't believe I just spoke for 30 minutes with you guys. <laughs> oh, two minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, but I'm really grateful to be here, and this convention has just been so wonderful, and I just, every day, I am falling more and more in love with this program again, and I know I'm, I'm definitely going to be a long-timer, and keep coming back. Thank you. Thank you.